Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're getting ready to go out. You want to get in the mood. There's a playlist for that. You move to the beat. You trip over the dog. You're not dancing anymore. You open the Medibank app and find a physio. We live in an on-demand world. And now your health insurance comes on demand too. Download the new Medibank app today. For SEN America, this is the SEN NBA podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the SEN NBA podcast and as always I'm your host Luke Sakari and joining me across the desk today we have Mick Val 12 off Twitter Mike Valaceris Mike how are you mate Good good afternoon Good Luke. and we have Chris De Silva is back still to see De Silva 23 on Twitter it's been a while Chris I think we were speaking about it off air the last time we recorded was the um one of our finals podcasts one of our finals previews yeah. or reviews and it's been a while, and a lot's happened since then. Yeah, life was certainly more simple uh, for for the Cavs from a Cleveland perspective, yeah. wasn't it? Um, everything was so rosy, <laughs> so nice. Oh, that's a nice little um, pun there. So rosy, can oh, <laughs> totally meant it. Totally meant it. <laughs> and we'll get stuck into the Derek Gross signing a bit later on, but we have to start. It has been it. It was the biggest bombshell in I can remember in a long time. I did not see this coming from. A mile away. Kyrie Irving requests a trade out of Cleveland. I mean, we'll start with you, Mikey. Just before we get into the real nuts and bolts of it all and what it means for him and for the Cavs and for the rest of the league and everyone moving forward, initial thoughts. When you saw the news, what was your first first thoughts? I opened up a Facebook. Yeah. Um, it was morning. I opened it up, and, it, and I, there was the first thing that came up on my news feed, and I was like, this is... This this is a fake article because there's so many fake articles yeah, out. It, it, I was like, this is fake. Went on to Twitter and Twitter was just on fire, and I, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, why? What? What? What's happened? Is he really sick of LeBron James? Or I, I couldn't believe it. And as time has kind of settled now, I'm starting to. It makes a lot more sense than it did when I found out, but it's still very shocking as well. Yeah, it's um, it's something that people always like. T- people around the team said that it was a possibility. Yeah. Um, but the way I saw it, people only said that because Kyrie had a relationship with Kobe Bryant. And right. Because they kind of put two and two together and said, well, Kobe broke up with Shaq, so LeBron and Kyrie have to break up. But at the same time, Kyrie was always so um, cognizant of what LeBron brought to the table um, as it pertains to his own legacy. And so... I wasn't surprised about that he wanted to leave Cleveland um, because okay. we've heard that for years. Yeah, I think um, it, it, it's been like one of those ones where it's always been there, but I never really believed it. Yeah, it was, this, like you mentioned with those fake articles, Mike. Mm. It was something you'd always just see yeah. mm. on social media yeah. and through different channels and mediums, yeah. but it always just seemed like really bottom of the barrel stuff. Yeah, but I mean, what <laughs> I think what not. what surprised me was not that it was the fact that the reason mm. given for it was he didn't want to play with LeBron James anymore, which for me, given what he had said in the past, it just went against everything he had said. And it's 
the fact that you wouldn't want to play with the best player, like let's ignore all the previous relationships, which we'll speak about it soon because we have to. Yep. It's got it wraps a lot of context around the situation, but just the fact that he didn't want to play anymore with the the probably the great one of the greatest basketball players we've seen of all time. He's a Mount Rush. He's a Mount Rushmore basketball. Oh, player. mate, his is face it, is already carved in. I think he's the best player ever. But think, he's definitely yeah. a top two. He's, yeah, him and yeah. Jordan. Absolutely, and a lot of people agree with that. So the. Go on, Mike. Go on. The well, fact- is Kyrie being? He's won his ring. Yep. He's twenty five. He's achieved so much with LeBron's help. He goes, I've done it all. I could tr- let me try and do it myself. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I've won a ring already. I've been to street three straight finals. I've achieved a lot. Let's see what happens if I go by myself. I guess that has merit. I mean, you yeah. can definitely see that. But I, I look at other players around the league. Look at your, your John Wars and your Damian Lillards and stuff like that. I imagine they're looking at this and saying, well, hang on, what what are you doing here, Kyrie? You have got, like you said, you've made three straight finals. You've got a Nike shoe deal, which is multi-million dollar. You're on the cover of video games. You're an all-star. You're a rookie of the year. You're this, you're that, you're that. And they're saying, oh, I want to leave because I want to be the man. It's like, well, there's a lot of players who have been the man and have got to the end of their careers and say, I would have rather having less individual success to get the team success. Mm, It doesn't add up. Yeah, and um, in terms of fame and stuff, he he's like you said, he's in the perfect position for yeah. for his himself, his brand. Um, we mentioned the Nike deal. He's playing with a guy who's got a lifetime Nike deal, <laughs> which always helps. Um, and you mentioned Lillard and and Wall. And yeah, I think just as two examples. Yeah, there's plenty of other ones. From from Kyrie's standpoint, I think he looks at it like. When when those guys teams win and make the f- playoffs, yeah. they get all the credit for it. When the Cavs win, it's usually they win because LeBron. Yeah. Um, and when they lose, that's when Kyrie and Kevin Love get blamed. So I think he's kind of looking at looking at it like, well, I've got my rings. Now I want to prove to all you guys that you know I'm as good as these guys, uh, my peers. Hmm. Um, and that's kind of the way I I understood it. But he had three. I know it was his first three years in the league, so he's yep. still trying to find his feet. But even last year, without LeBron in the team, they went zero and eight. Right. And the years before that, I can't remember the records without it's not LeBron. Great. But they're, they're all 64, losing. Sixty-four one six six. It's it's in my head. It's ingrained. So what was it? Sorry? Sixty-four one six six. Sixty-four one six six. Yep. Is the record without LeBron? That's in his first three years. That that's no. He's horrible. <laughs> yeah. So like, he, I mean, he's had his. I know we're dealing with massive egos. These yeah. NBA players They've have all extremely egos. massive they egos. They all do. But is Kyrie's ego that big where he goes, you know what, I reckon I can do this without LeBron, or, which is probably what's happened, there's something behind the scenes that none of us know, none of the reporters know. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean... I mean, is it... I've got a question for both of you. I'll, I'll pop it open. Is it a blight on more of Dan Gilbert or is it more of a blight on LeBron? I personally think it's more of a blight on Dan Gilbert, yeah. but it's a little bit of a blight on LeBron James. I don't think it's a blight on either of them because I don't think either of them could change his, or him, and I mean Kyrie, Kyrie's thought process. I mean, if this is how he's wired, and there are players who are wired, they have to be that guy because let's not forget through high school and through their juniors and through college, they're always the guy. He's the number one pick. He comes into the NBA and he's the guy, rookie of the year. We had a lot of people thinking that he could lead the Cavs into the playoff on on occasions. 
he signs a five-year max deal in his head thinking he is the guy because he signs that deal before LeBron uh, rejoins the Cavaliers, which at that stage didn't really seem like a possibility. I mean, it did happen very quick when he re-signed or when he returned to Cleveland in 2014. 11 days. Yeah. So he's always been that guy. And then it came as, it was a, it just not as a shock. It might've been a shock to him, but when it happened, he probably was a bit blindsided by it. He thought, mm. oh, hang on. This is great. I'm playing with LeBron. And we, we all saw there was massive growing problems. I mean, yep. it took him a long, long time to jail. He's probably, in terms of super teams, this is probably, Cleveland's probably the one that took the longest to gel yeah. and finally find some sort of continuity. So I, if he's been wired this way his entire career, I mean, maybe James and Gilbert, I wouldn't say LeBron that much. I don't think LeBron's had that much of an impact. Maybe we'll speak about Dan Gilbert later on because he's got... Yeah, I know Chris really wants to pick up Dan Gill because he's... I mean, this could probably all be dated back to when he decided not to uh, give David Griffin, the Cavs' the previous general manager, the contract that he wanted. So Dan Gilbert has a lot to deal with this. But at the end of the day, did Dan Gilbert change the way Kyrie was thinking in terms of, I want to be the number one guy? I don't think so. Now, maybe did he did he um, enhance that view? Potentially, but I don't think he definitely fixed it. Yeah, Speaking about Gilbert, and I know me and you have had a lot of discussions yeah. about Dan Gilbert. He's outspoken, isn't he? He is. And look, if you 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 need to almost take it back to when Kyrie entered the league um, to kind of understand where his th- thought process might be. Yeah. And this guy, I think he's f- just finished his sixth year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He's had four head coaches in that time, going on three GMs now. Um He's had a franchise that's pulled him in two or three different directions. Mm-hmm. You know, his first three years, they're not trying to win at all. Yeah. And then overnight, they become a title contender. Yeah. So and the pressure that comes with that yeah, as well. So he's kind of been pulled in every which direction that a 25-year-old... He's, he's a very old 25-year-old. Yeah. Um, in terms of what he's been through um, within his first six years in the league. If you compare it to a lot of players, um, they wouldn't have been anywhere gone through anywhere as much as Kyrie has. Um, and it's a testament to how great he is that he's still remained to be so polished on the court and it hasn't really affected his play off the court. On and the he, court, sorry. And he hasn't had much off court. No, absolutely. Either. I can't remember a time where he's been in the headlines for the wrong reasons for off the court. Yeah, so you're looking, you look at it from Kyrie's standpoint and and now you've you've won your title and you've had the... And you're a contender every single year. Mm-hmm. Yet there's this still this elephant in the room of is LeBron going to go next year? And yeah. and you've got this guy in LeBron who's signing you know one year deal after one year deal after one year deal. So it's never he he can never really feel too comfortable. Yeah. And with an owner like Gilbert who doesn't have a great track record, you can't really trust him um, as well. And so that whole being in being in a state of flux all the time that has to weigh um, weigh on a player, I think. Yeah, well, let me let me read out the the quote that I'll, I'll read it out, and yeah. it's going to make a little bit more sense. This is what Kyrie said. I think it was after Game Five after they'd lost the NBA Finals. As a student of the game, it would be a disservice to myself if I didn't try to learn as much as possible while I'm playing with this guy, LeBron James. LeBron, yeah. Every single day, demanding more out of himself, demanding more out of us. The true testament of a consummate professional. 
and understanding how things work, not only just in the game but off the court. Things that matter, just taking care of your body, understanding the magnitude of what the goal is at hand and what steps it takes in order to achieve that goal. And that's the type of guy that I want to be with every single time I'm going to war because I know what to expect and you stand your ground too with a leader like that. How can he change? That would be July, uh, June 13, 14. Yep. 13th, yeah. Mid-June. We're yep. in July 25 today. Just over a month. Yep. And you're all, and he requested this trade last week. Yep. And before the draft, apparently, wanted they say, to go to they Jimmy say Butler. They July 7. July, July 7, 7. yeah. And before the draft, apparently, he wanted to go and play with Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What has happened in there? Or was he just playing a... Uh, what sportsmen do? They lie to the media. It was that. Wine's the second yeah. language. I mean, I, I, that seems like he seemed to me. I don't really. I don't know the guy, but Kyrie seems like a genuine enough guy, mm-hmm. and very happy. Like they never had on court issues no. or off court issues like Shaq and Kobe did, and everyone knew mm. that they ended up hating each other. Yeah. This. You don't know. How, I don't know what to take from it. It's it so, doesn't. It doesn't add up. It, it does doesn't it? make sense. Nothing uh, adds up. And. That's like what you mentioned before, Mike. There is something that no one knows, um, that only Kyrie and LeBron know. And when Kyrie comes back from Asia, Hmm. um, they need to get in a room and hash it out. Hmm. Um, That's got to be the first step. Um, But do you think it's just got to do with LeBron? I mean, it's got to do with LeBron because... LeBron's a massive part of whatever this is. Um, And I told you guys I'm... I'm going to keep Twitter open just in case something blows up. <laughs> Ky- so Kyrie's been on his Asia trip. Yeah. Yeah. A night promotional tour, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And he's just posted on Snapchat a video of him singing I'm Coming Home, like the Skylar Grey song. Right. That, and he's is, done that just now. Which, which is an obvious dig it's at just, LeBron. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's, just, that's LeBron level pit- petty. If on there's any media. team that's- Is that breaking news? Yeah, it's just just happening now. If wow. there's any team that uses social media better than the Cavaliers, I don't know who it is. No. Is there any team <laughs> that uh, like does sub tweets oh, and no. sub Instagram or Snapchats, whatever it is, better than Cleveland? No. Every single thing they post has a message behind it. Even even yesterday, I, I tweeted this. I don't know if any of you guys saw it, but Kyrie, I was going through so on Instagram. You know how you can have a look and see what the people you follow have done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was looking, I was scrolling through it trying to find out if Kyrie's done something mm-hmm. and I came across a pot of Investigative gold. Investigative journalism. I, I came across finest. an absolute pot of gold. He's like, like this um, picture where I'll, I'll find it so I can read it out to you because right. I, so, I so want to do it but he, And he also unfollowed LeBron off, yes. on, uh, off of uh, Instagram as <laughs> well, which made okay. Bleacher Report as well. <laughs> that would have been So he's liked, he's liked this Instagram post which says, spirituality is when you're when you are evolving to your higher self, the road seems lonely, but you're simply shedding energies that no longer match the frequency of your destiny. So <laughs> some deep uh, shit. There's a lot to <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. Well, bringing it back to maybe about Dan Gilbert, yeah. when we say it's a massive blight on LeBron, I personally think it's backing what up what Chris said on Dan Gilbert. Yeah. He's such a dysfunctional owner an NBA team. He likes to get involved, and then he likes to take a step back. Yep. He had David Griffin, and I like to call Dan Gilbert the co-GM. Mm. But now he's got his own GM, Kobe Altman, who's been promoted. Mm-hmm. But this is a massive blight on Dan Gilbert because Kyrie probably has a feeling that LeBron's going to leave. It's a team built around LeBron. 
So is Kyrie beating LeBron to the punch? Going, I'm going to get out of here. Where He's still good mates with LeBron. They're not the best of mates off the court, but he's still friendly. He goes, I'm just going to beat you too, mate. Oh, you've, I, done it to, you've done it to the Cavaliers organization in 2010, and he did it to Wade and Bosch in 2014. I'm doing it to you. I See you later. I don't think there's anything like that involved. I don't think he's beating anyone to the punch. Um, I, I About Dan Gilbert, so I think... Whenever you have a super team or a team with that many all-stars or, or, or egos or something like that, you can always find a point in time where it was the spark of the ending of that team, if that makes sense. Yep. So when we look back in retrospect about this Cleveland super team, whether it it, it um, disparts this year or next year or maybe who knows, because let's not forget, he's requested a trade. He's not traded yet. Yeah. So something it's very unlikely, yeah, but yeah, something yeah. could change. We don't know yet. So when this team does eventually break apart, I'm uh, you can date back to either when Kevin Durant signed with Golden State, which knocked them off the top pedestal, or something I prefer to look at because that's an external. You, they had that wasn't in their control. They couldn't control with Durant went. Something that I think where they could control and they had the ball in their court and they fumbled it and lost it was when they decided not to re-sign David Griffin as general manager. Mm-hmm. That it was. If you want to point out a singular reason, which is hard to, it's always hard to point one reason. Yeah. Totally, I. That's a massive. That's the only point. Yeah, this guy was that's the not biggest stuff up they've ever done. Yeah, this guy was not only a really good master at, at somehow finding rotational players that can contribute with really limited assets. I mean, he had no, um, no real salary cap space or real trade bait to work with. And he managed to get your J.R. Smith and your Shumpets and even Mozgov. He made an impact in his time in Cleveland as well. So he found a way to get these guys. And yes, he made some some moves that didn't really pay off. Boger got injured straight away. Deron Williams wasn't that great. But he, well, not only that, he was loved off the court. He was just admired by the players and they lauded him every time they could. I mean, and he had LeBron's backing, which you don't usually, yeah, do, especially so that, publicly. So I wanted to bring that up. That LeBron backing, I think it might have been in March. And or he April. before I interrupt, while well, we interrupt, and he had Jimmy Butler nearly over the line before mm-hmm. they didn't resign. Yeah, I mean, he had pretty much. Well, I'm not sure if the poor George deal. That was, was after. It was after. Yeah. Okay, so and I want to mention the LeBron public backing because LeBron doesn't do that often. I mean, like yeah. we mentioned with his social media, everything he says or does has a meaning behind yeah. it. He doesn't just say words for the sake of saying words. I mean, he never da- he never gave David Blatt that David Blatt that public backing and we all saw what the result was. Yep. To give Dave Griffin such a glowing endorsement like that when we all know he's out of contract and the possibility of him leaving was there at that time for LeBron, that was a significant significant comment. Yeah. I mean, that was something that you look at and say, "Wow." Usually LeBron can say, oh, you know, I don't get involved in that stuff. That's yeah. off-court stuff. I'll let the front office deal with that. But for him to actually stamp his authority and say, no, 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 I want David Griffin. You know, he's he's great. He's awesome. Yeah. That was massive. And you mentioned LeBron normally keeps his cards close to his chest yeah, with this does. sort of thing. He literally gave Dan Gilbert a cheat sheet. Yeah. It's like, I want this guy here. Yeah. Pay the man. Yeah. And when me and you spoke about, you know, leading up to uh, when Griff left, we were like, you know, we just assumed that he'd get re-signed, right? And yeah. and and it was I one think, of those. I think you were like, um, everyone in, else in this franchise has been paid, so why can't he? Yeah, and it was one of those ones where you just 
because he had been so good. Like, he'd done such a good job. Yeah. You think, well, of course he's going to stay. Like, why Why would he leave? Yeah. You know, why wouldn't they offer him the money when he's built this team? Yeah. So, I just... Even, and... Goes back to Dan Gilbert. Yeah, and more more than he's building the team, because that was obviously important, but he had such a great job. He he had a great gauge on where the team was. He was yeah. He travelled with them a lot. He was always in the locker rooms. Um, he saw the vibe. He saw who got along with who. Um, he knew he he did a masterful job of managing each ego. Yeah. Um, and this team undoubtedly has a lot of egos. Not just the star players. Even the role players have massive mm. egos. Yeah. I mean, and one one of his that was arguably one of his greatest traits is his ability to manage those egos. Yeah. And with this organization. Every, every every good team in the league has has egos, you know. These to. guys are all multi million dollar um, athletes, but I think the best the best franchises they have management and protocol in place to be able to deal with that. Yeah. If you're talking about the Spurs, the Spurs have egos. They do. Yeah. Um, they're just handled well enough so you don't hear about it. Yeah. Um, the Warriors have massive egos. Draymond Green is arguably the biggest ego in the league, <laughs> but. Their management, Bob Myers and Joe Laker, Peter Guba, they're strong enough. And Jerry West, when he was there, yeah, they're strong enough to be able to manage those um, and cause it from spilling into the public. And you saw it's no surprise that once David Griffin left, is when all these leaks started happening. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a su- not a surprise. It's not a coincidence either. And like no. you mentioned, he had that vibe. He understood. He was the one. I mean, we all know. LeBron had a massive influence on it, but he was the one who had to say on David Blatt sacking when they were, what, 30 and 11 at the time, first in the conference. They had just, I remember they had just come off a big uh, win on national television against the Clippers the day before. They'd beaten the Clippers at home. They were in a bit of a slump prior. They had a few nice wins on the board. And I remember I watched David Blatt's press conference after that game, and he was really confident. He felt really. He was speaking in really glowing terms about the team. He never lacked confidence. Oh, he never, no, he, he never, never did. did. But he just, <laughs> yeah, I feel you. He just had a good vibe. Yep. That after after that game, the next day he was sacked. <laughs> he was gone, and I remember. I mean, the press conference was absolutely. Sa- a lot of people were savaging David. I think Pop had Greg Popovich had a public yeah. pot shot at him. Yep. He said, "Well, I'm lucky my GM isn't in the locker room when we win or lose." Yep. Mm. Now David Griffin was vindicated for that move because they ended up winning the title. And he said, and he said, um, after winning the title, actually a lot of coaches came and told him that, hey, you made the right choice. Yeah, exactly. So he was just central to everything that happened. It, oh, not everything, but a lot of the things yeah. that happened in this time, he was central to it. And like, I mean, let, let's ask the question. I'll throw it up to you, Mikey. If David Griffin did resign, or if they did offer him the the desired contract in the financial terms that he wanted, and he was there right now. Do we get this Kyrie Irving trade request, in your well, opinion? I mean, we don't know, but well, just playing we, a hypothetical. Well, well, yeah, well, we don't know. We don't know what's happened because I think something has happened between maybe players or something. I'm suggesting that it's got to do with how Dan Gilbert runs it. So, yeah, I'm saying if David Griffin's there, Kyrie's not tra- uh, mm-hmm. demanding a trade. But because we don't know, and I, I think maybe something could have happened that he's probably going to tr- demand the trade anyway and apparently he you know as we said you've heard like for maybe a year that he hasn't been the happiest person but I was just was like oh it's just rumors it's just there's so many articles there's so many people writing stuff you go nah they don't know what they're talking about yeah I mean, so if they had Griffin no I doubt he would be uh, demanding a trade yeah for me even 
even if the trade, because in the Brian Windhorst report, one yep. of the interesting things that I think people actually kind of glossed over was he felt like this after winning the title and mm. last summer, right. and he thought, nah, I'm going to hold off for a year uh, on requesting a trade because it might rock the boat a little bit. So this is something that he's clearly been feeling for a long time. But having said that, a guy like David Griffin, who had a great relationship with with the players, sure, if Kyrie requested a trade, David Griffin might have still been able to go and you know, have a talk to him and say, look, like Kyrie, why are you feeling like this? Yeah. Um, you know... Is it is it because LeBron's leaving? Fine. If when LeBron leaves, like we can center this thing around you and kind of talk him into it. Yeah. Um. That's a that's a relationship. And a, another part of this Kyrie report is that his camp felt like this for a while, and the reason that it wasn't communicated was because there was no front office. He had no one to. <laughs> he didn't know who to approach. Yeah. Uh, like you're not going to go to the players. You're no. not going to go to the owner. No. Who who's that guy that you talk to? And that again just draws back to the the way Dan Gilbert runs the franchise. Can they now convince him to stay, or is it too is it too far gone? Or because he is in China that he hasn't had anything to say, it's not too far gone. It's just been about a week. Yeah. He hasn't really said anything. Can they convince him to stay and maybe you know go for another go for yeah. another run at the title? I, I don't think it's too far gone. I mean, like Chris mentioned off the top. Once he does get back from this promotional tour in Asia, I'm sure him and LeBron will sit down and say, okay, here we go. Air it all out. What's wrong? What's the issue? How do we fix it? Let's try and recalibrate and let's go again. But to me, I think once it's really hard to change an initial mindset. So because this this has already happened and he's already felt this way once, even if he does get convinced, it's going to be so fragile he will take one thing and he'll sway right back to his opinion of wanting to get traded. That can be a toxic environment when you've got one of your key pieces feeling that way. Yep. So I don't know. And Kyrie's a pretty stubborn guy. He well. is, isn't he? So look, is it too far gone? Ultimately, no. But gee, it, it pretty much is. I, I think once you've felt that, once you've had that initial thought, it's hard to, you know, you can always, you always do something first for a reason. So your initial thought process is always there for a reason, and then that always creates a reaction. But it, you're reacting to what's initially happened, and that always stays there. So I don't know. It's I mean, you can all you can change. We've seen things like this change before, but it, the the writings on the tea leaves are mine. Yeah, look, um, I think this meeting between him and LeBron will happen. Um, it, it has, has to, to happen. It has to happen because for them to, it's in their best interest to stay together because. Where where's where's a place that LeBron's gonna go realistically, where he's got a better running mate than Kyrie? You know, it's not gonna happen. And for Kyrie's place, there's nowhere. Yeah, he, he yeah. Can go. nowhere in the world. Um, like unless he like joins Golden State on a minimum. <laughs> yeah, you know? like so. Yeah, it, it can it can get resolved. But having said that, the the Cavs have they've been they've been out there shopping. Um, yeah. and they're preparing like um. Like they were, like they're resigned to losing him, in. and, and right. I think the Derrick Rose thing is yeah. is a reason for that. As All well. right, so so let's get stuck into that. The Cavs have been shopping him, so let, let's let's change the pace here. Yeah, what can they get for Kyrie Irving? What's the asking price? Where does he go? What are the options? Now we all know he's come out and publicly he's said 
Miami, the Spurs, New York has been mentioned. I've seen Phoenix and Milwaukee mentioned. Yep. So I've seen about seven or eight teams. So who knows which ones are really up high in the pecking order and which ones are down below. I'd imagine when someone like this comes out of, or well, not comes out of contract, when someone like this says he wants to get traded, I think it's an obligation for every GM to at least ask the question. You know, you'd be you'd be stupid not to at least ask the question to see what can happen. So you'd imagine if most franchises Would have want him. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So do they? There's a couple of options. Yep. Sacramento is another team. Do they trade him before the season starts? Do they wait yeah. another season and trade him at the end of that season? Then he's only got a year left. Or do they trade him before the 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 trade deadline in February? And like, what what? Is his best value probably now because he's yep. got two years left? Yep. I think whatever, if they decide, okay, there's no reconciling here, a trade has to be done, It's it's got to be done before the season. Mm, it because, has to. There's more support of holding on. Because this is, Le, it's LeBron's last year of, of this contract, um, let's say, and he's trying to win a title. And when you've got this sideshow, this circus happening, it's it's like the 2004 Lakers. It's just it's not going to work out. So, yeah. and if you want to wait till next summer, we've seen what stars with one year left until free agency fetch you. Um, so he's two years. Like Zach Lowe mentioned it on his podcast, a star with two years left on his contract is literally the best you're going to get mm. in a trade. And um, I think it's worth yeah. mentioning a fairly in terms of the current. Climate. A very good contract. A good contract. A very good 18 contract. million this year, 20 yeah. million next year, 21 in his last year, then yeah. he hits unrestricted that's like free what, agency. That's like what well, above that's a player average, that last that's one. what above average role players earn. Exactly. And this guy's a bona fide all-star. Yeah. Um, and who knows if he goes to another team, he might elevate his game to another level. Yeah. Um, playing in a completely different style to what, what he plays in, in, in Cleveland. And so I think... If they're going to trade him, they have to do it now. Um, between now and, and September or whenever training camp opens, um, that's what they're going to do. But, okay, so say they do trade him to one of the four, which they have no obligation to do because yep. it's in the Cavs' interest. They've got him under contract. Let's just say, for example, he wanted to go to the T-Wolves. The T-Wolves would want to have to give up Jeff Teague if they just committed for three years, who Tibbs, their coach, loves. And they can't do that till December 15th because he was signed. Yes, yeah. so they'd yeah. have to yeah. wait. Yeah. And then um, the Cavs are going to ask for Andrew Wiggins back mm-hmm. as well. So, I mean, you could probably, I reckon you rule out the Timberwolves. Yeah. Yeah. I you mean, go to the Knicks, you probably think Melo probably it? doesn't want to go to the Cavs without a Kyrie Irving. But he wouldn't go for LeBron. Yeah. But I don't probably, think Kyrie I don't reckon he'll go there without a Kyrie. I, don't, I personally think I don't think Kyrie is a deciding factor where everyone's going to go I Cleveland think it is. Yeah. So I reckon he'll, he won't waive his no okay. trade clause there. Chris, Chris Stapps probably won't be thrown in. He won't get traded. No. He won't get traded. He can rule it out mean, right We don't now. know what the new GM in, of the New York Knicks, how much you they can, like you can Chris never, Stapps. You can never predict what the Knicks are going to do. Yeah. Never. never. And I think it's worth saying as well. So you rule out them as well. I think it's worth saying. So obviously, and they won't get to the Spurs. Obviously, the Cavs' asking price is going to be really, really high. So yeah. it should be. Yes. He's a but, superstar. He's probably the, in the top 10 players in the league. Would you put yeah, him that high? Probably. Yeah, he's, he's a best. And he's one of the best scorers. He's around the mark. But superstars don't get traded for superstars anymore. No, of course. So you have to think... You can't ex- million picks. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You yeah. can't expect to get back yeah. a superstar where you can just slot right back in. You're still in title. Yeah. Con- or they probably, as long as they got LeBron, they're going to be in title contention. Mm. 
but they're not going to be able to just get a superstar back. It will probably be a package of maybe two above average players, a role player, and, and a slew of draft picks. That's the kind of market we're in. Yep. You don't see A all-star traded for B all-star straight drop anymore. So you really have to get creative here yep. and match up contracts and demand draft picks and stuff like that. And also trade it for um, trade it for pieces that are going to slot into the organizer, into the team that can still, if it's going to happen this summer, you still have to trade in, whether it's his right or, or wrong, but you still have to trade in the mindset of LeBron James plays for us. We have to trade in a win now mentality yep. and so in a mode. You can't go early and rebuild with picks. No, not while that. LeBron's on the team. Nah. No way. You, you, yeah. you can't. It's, it's not worth it. You're wasting a prime, or not prime, you're wasting a 30 plus year old LeBron if you're doing that. Yeah, and. The other thing we've te- seen with um, teams this summer is teams aren't... There's not many dumb franchises out there anymore. No, teams are smart. Teams um, know what they're doing. The teams... The Brooklyn deal has... That happened, what, four or five years ago now. And I think front front offices have learned from that. They've learned the value of these picks, um, that you don't just throw them in there. Um, so that makes it harder in itself for the Cavs to get a good deal. But... I think what they're going to look for is, obviously, uh, with D-Rose, I'm not sure, but probably someone to fill in the point, um, if they can. Um, A few young wings, which the Mm. team really lacks, um, and what they really need. Um, And then, obviously, draft compensation as well. But it's it's going to be hard to see what, what team gives them all of that. Now, I've got a hypothetical. I know we love hypotheticals. Well, I do. Let's do it. Okay, so... I don't know how it would work, but Kyrie goes to the Clippers. Obviously, you're not going to probably get Blake Griffin. Probably don't want him anyway because yep. they've just signed him. They're committed to him. I don't know how he gets there, but that's not what I'm asking. Well, we're just, we're asking like, I don't know. But he say he goes there. Yeah. Somehow they work it out. Okay. And then in a year's time, LeBron leaves to go to the Clippers, <laughs> and it's been a grand plan all along, and they've been playing with everyone out there, unfollowing off Instagram, Twitter, but they're best mates, and they're going, let's meet up in Clippers, Clipperland in a year's with time. Jerry West. With Jerry West. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we've seen weirder things, haven't we? With, with, I'm with calling this, it now. <laughs> I just team, don't know how it works. With this team, I would not put it past them. <laughs> That's what honest. I mean. Is it in this day and age, is it... it it's 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 ambitious, it's outlandish, but it's not an absolute non-possibility. Someone, Who knows? Someone said on Twitter that LeBron could literally keep signing one-year contracts <laughs> and just be petty and sign with wherever Kyrie is for the rest of his career, <laughs> just to just to piss him off. Because you know that team, if LeBron wants to go there, they ain't turning him no. down. Yeah. It's not in Kyrie's power, is it? That would be... Oh, that would be the ultimate petty LeBron move. I can't imagine it happening. <laughs> nah, but no, geez. Way. no way. Hey, before we, I want to move, touch on Derek Rose signing with the Cavs as well before we finish. But yes. let's move off Kyrie for one second, just for a quick moment. How does this, does this in any way, oh, I, I think it does, how does this impact, we'll start with you, Chris. Yep. How does this impact LeBron's uh, next decision next year? Obviously, he's out of contract next year. How does this change? Does the, this change anything? The D-Rose thing? No, no, no. Kyrie's trade request. And then we'll do D-Rose. Um, look, I'm of the view that LeBron has absolutely no idea what he's going to do next year. I don't think he's made any concrete plans. He's open. He's open to things. Um, And I think, look, he's open to moving, but he's at the same time open to staying. I think 
when he moved to back to Cleveland, one one of the primary reasons was to raise his family where he grew up. And his kids are just about to start school. Um and he want he wanted them to be in school in Akron. And I think the dream scenario for LeBron is for the Cavs to figure this thing out and so he can have um the storybook ending in Cleveland. Um like similar to what Kobe did. Right. Um Having said that, he's not going to allow Dan Gilbert to be incompetent and waste away his final years. He's not yep. going to do that. So um, it all depends on how how they deal with this Kyrie thing and and what they get back and, and how it sits, sets up the franchise going forward beyond 2018. I think he, he's one of the few players in the NBA that they always say he wants to move to LA for off when he's going to wind down his NBA career. There's more opportunities in LA, business Hollywood, all business, all that. But he's one of the few, if not the only one, that can be anywhere in the it league. It doesn't matter, yeah. And people are interested with him. It doesn't and matter, his, yeah. his his image, his business interests, he can do it from anywhere. He's got right. a great team behind him with his mates he grew up with. So when people say he wants to go to LA for, for off-court issues and all this and that, I, I disagree. He can be in Cleveland. He could probably be in Melbourne playing for the Melbourne United. Yeah. And people are going to be interested yeah. in what LeBron James does. I absolutely yeah. agree with no, that. That's a really, really good point. I, I don't think not many people afford it that way. That's a good point. So at the end of the day, will come down to where does he want to play? Where does he feel his best chance to win? I mean, at the end of the day, because he's still, he's a competitive beast, right? Yeah. He's oh, always, he's not he's just going to. He's chasing the girls. He's yeah. not, exactly. Yeah. He's not, he's not just going to move to LA for business decisions when he's still got. Really MVP. Does level he really years. want to play for the Clippers? Who knows? Does he really want to go and tarnish, try and tarnish Kobe Bryant's? He's the greatest Laker of all time. Is he going to get that status off him? No. Why would you go to the Lakers? I don't think that would be a reason behind it. But it's just, I don't think you'd move. I don't think the way he's wired, he doesn't just move. If there's not an equally, if not greater, encore benefit mm. as well. Yeah. Um, Derek Rose now ex MVP 2011 signs with Cleveland. Officially now, it is officially yes. official. The press release is out and yeah. all that type of good stuff. Um, Chris, start with you again. Yep. So, is this filling a gap that Kyrie, or is this probably premeditated anyway? How does this work? How does he fit? Is it a good move or a bad move? I mean, what do you reckon? Well, he signed for it's a one year deal on the veteran minimum, yeah, um, two point one mil, which actually isn't even the full veteran minimum, right? Um, which is two point three. Um, when any time you can get a guy of this caliber, and he's only 28, on that kind of deal, that's... It's massive. Regardless of what you think of Derek Rose, um, regardless of the fact that he's not the guy he was in 2011, 2.1 million, <laughs> that is nothing. It's, um, it's loose change. It's the, loose change. It is. NBA. And when when you're looking when you're looking at who to sign, especially now, what, what are we, 26 days since free agency started... For when you're looking at guys to sign um, with a minimum, it it's really just throwing crap at a wall and seeing what sticks. Mm, yeah. And for them to get this, it's a coup. Um, now, is he going to replace Kyrie Irving? Obviously not. I don't think anyone's saying that. And you know, is he? Does he bring him close to the closer to the Warriors? No, I don't think so. But given their situation and how um, 
how handicapped they are in terms of what moves they can do yeah. um, to improve the roster, it, it's a fine move. It's, yeah. it's, it's like the Jeff Green move. Exactly right. Saying. I mean, no one's saying that Rose or Jeff Green are going to move the needle or elevate them to the next right. level, but well, you got to understand, it's a team that's it's hamstrung so much in terms of what they can do if their assets and their salary cap situation. So they can't go out and sign these these you know these twenty two year old next gen all star players because they don't have the opportunity they simply can't do it so to get a, a Derek Rose or a Jeff Green guys that can still produce at a fairly productive level yep. and fit in to a t- championship team they're pretty high pedigree guys I mean I reckon it, there's no downside that's what I'm looking for yep. where's the benefit at least if he gets injured well if it doesn't it, work it's a year's contract it's a year's it's contract year. two point one million dollars so it is yep. really really no downside Mike I'd love to get your thoughts on it as well I mean. Oh, I don't, we don't see the downside of it. I don't think there is any. It's probably the best signing of this year. I mean, when you look at it, it's, he's a former MVP. Yeah, he's had about five knee reconstructions. He's not his former 2011 self. But he had a pretty good season last yeah, last year. The Knicks, I, I mean, he's not a very good three-point shooter. And the Cavs are a very three-point orientated team. But as you said, it's $2.1 million, which is what? It's nothing. It's, it's loose change. Yeah. If it doesn't work it's and he does get injured, or you set him free, I mean, they buy out $10 million contracts like it's nothing, so 2.1 is even... It's literally like 2% of the contract. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, the cap. Yeah, which is just... <laughs> if you if you think about it, I mean, you can also say, but well... I want to ask a question. Yeah. Say what you're going to say, and then I'll ask Well, you could also just quickly ask. I just wanted to quickly add. Sure. It's, we've seen it with Dwight Howard a bit this offseason as well. It's not fun to see, but it's always intriguing. Not fun, I shouldn't say that. It's always intriguing to watch how the fall from grace happens for some superstars, how quick it happens, how suddenly it happens as well. I mean, if 20, when, obviously the injuries. We all know why. It's all because of injuries. But it's always just, it's always interesting to look back on. If you had told us in 2011 that Derrick Rose, one of the youngest MVPs ever, would in, in six years, five years' time be signing $2.1 million contracts on a vet's minimum, or a, a, not even a full vet minimum, you'd say, wow, what happened to this guy? It's just in, I know injuries, and that's that. That's is ultimately the reason, but it's just interesting in, in that regard. You think, geez, it's interesting that way. Do you reckon that Derek Rose got to to Cleveland for maybe a possibility of starting because Kyrie has tr- asked for a trade? If Kyrie's there, does Derek Rose still come over for two point one or? doesn't come over at all. I think I think the Kyrie stuff definitely helped push him over the line. Yeah. Um but I think at the same time even if Kyrie still stays there he just wants to play winning basketball and it's not something that he's experienced since he injured his knee. Um those good Bulls teams um he didn't play on. And who's the, who's who's the guy that stopped him? Was LeBron exactly? And now so, with him. And that's the other thing to mention with this Derrick Rose thing. We've seen the bump LeBron gives role players. Um, J.R. Smith, perfect example. Yeah, and look, the three-point shooting is a concern. Yeah, um, he's a career below-average three-point shooter, and playing with LeBron doesn't make him a light lights-out shooter. It doesn't, um, but it could. Um, enhance the quality of shots he gets because LeBron Absolutely. does make it easier yep. on his teammates. No, but that no doesn't question. mean he's a better shooter. It's no just question. the the shots maybe might come easier mm-hmm. and he finds himself more right. open. I and mean, it is an upgrade over Darren Williams. Yep. Let's be honest. Oh, yes. I think that's, that's not <laughs> and that, and that, that's and an that's understatement. what's important. That's that the, they've, they've improved their roster. Yeah. Not 
great. They haven't got any closer to Golden State, but I don't think anyone is but have near they got, Golden State. I mean, obviously with Kyrie. Say Kyrie stays. Have they got has Golden State widened the gap this offseason? If Kyrie stays, no, they haven't. I don't think they have. I don't know. Probably not. Probably It's probably about the same. It's the same. I'll yeah. say it's the same. Which is I still mean, a they, long way. But they, like. <laughs> they, they did make some good signings. You know, Omri Kaspi. Absolutely. Um, um, Swaggy P. But are um, those any better than Rose and Green? I think they are. Yeah, I think they yeah. are. Oh, you they just are. know Nick Young's going to come in and, I think and Ka- do what JR did at Cleveland last year. I think more than Nick Young, I think Caspi will be great for them. Yeah, it's um, a nice He move. was... An ex-Cavalier. He, he, yeah. He was a, one of the league's best um, catch-and-shoot guys last year. Mm. And it's funny you mentioned he was a Cavalier. The, that was the one season in his whole career that he was shot below average. He was awful was in Cleveland. <laughs> he, was, um, he missed a lot of layups. But look, like, like Mike said... Teams are so far away from these guys anyway. Yeah, so, so it doesn't really matter, does um, it? So I think, yeah, again, for the situation, given what, what they have um, available to them, um, they've been okay. They, they've been okay. They almost, even we've spoken so much about David Griffin being let go, they pretty much had a had a Paul George trade done. Yeah. Um between themselves, Indiana and Denver. And it was before, the Pacers that pulled out. Before the Pacers pulled out via text. Yeah. <laughs> via text. It's like getting dumped which, on which I found, text. Which I found very interesting, like a little tidbit. Yeah. Um, but they had that deal done. Like they were literally celebrating um, yeah. getting Paul George. And so Indiana pulling pulling out. Now you can say maybe if David Griffin was there, he could have negotiated a bit better, sure. But... Indiana pulling out of that deal is not the Cavs' fault. No, um, and I it's think out of their control. Outside of were letting letting David Griffin go, I think what the incoming GM Kobe Altman has done has, has been perfectly fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I don't agree with. I didn't think the Calderon signing was necessary. That's probably the one. Yeah. Um, but Jeff Green, I was fine with. He's you know thirty years old. Um, Derek Rose at the minimum. Perfectly fine with bringing over Chetty Osman instead of paying an aging Jamal Crawford. I love that move. Yeah. Because um, Osman's a wing. He's a guy that can defend. Um, and just right there in those three pieces, they've added guys who are 22, 30, and 28. Yeah. And when you're adding them to a bench that last year, all the bench guys were 35, 36, 37. And not, not good. That in itself makes a difference because you need athletes. Um, exactly, and they they they've got that. Exactly right. I guess the big question of the day will be, how much can they make an impact if or if not Kyrie Irving's there? Which was the whole, the whole theme of the podcast. I mean, I think we'll wrap it up there. We've pretty much covered all bases, I reckon. I mean, we say it every week. I mean, I love we we sit down at the start of the week and say, oh, what what is there to talk about this week? You know, we're we're I don't know, nearly two months gone from the finals, or a month and a half gone. What's there to talk about? And then. <laughs> the NBA, man. And we spent the 45 NBA. minutes on the one topic, so the it's NBA. pretty sensational stuff. I Before- think Kyrie heard me and Luke talking off air that there was nothing to talk about. <laughs> and he goes, no, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll ask for a trade. I'll just get help the boys out. back in the show. I'll help out these SCN NBA <laughs> podcast boys. Before we head off, Mike, where can we find you? You can all? find me on Twitter at MickVell12. Chris? Um, CedarSilver23. Beautiful. I'm on Twitter at Luke Sakari and at SCN America, hashtag... SCN NBA podcast. We're always um, open to answering any questions on any topic you have for the NBA in the NBA. We're happy to open all doors to answer anything, any request you guys have. And until next time, we'll catch you again on the SCN NBA podcast.